Welcome to another Grand Geekery. This is I, Tyler. We are doing a panel discussion once again about San Diego Comic-Con. Third time with four new awesome people. I am so excited to talk about this one because the other ones were kind of like very on specific titles where this or topics where this one is more about just experiences in San Diego Comic-Con, a little bit more vague. And I'm so excited to talk with you guys today. Today, I'm joined by Don Nguyen, Sandra Dimas, Matt Dunford, and Vito Lapicola. Four awesome voices that you've heard before and so happy to have back. And uh, hi, everybody. How y'all doing? All right. Great. Great. Fine and dandy like sour candy. What? <laughs> Fine and dandy like sour candy. Sorry, I was uh, binging some Flanders episodes of The Simpsons. Oh, got it. Nice. But, um, you know, this past weekend, we just had San Diego Comic-Con. It's been almost an entire week. For me, it, it it's hard to really kind of, I guess, digest it because I really wasn't that connected to this one unfortunately i liked it but of course going to a crazy con like that and being engulfed into it and and then also just experiencing online you don't have the parties or like you know the exhaustion that's the same thing unless maybe your fingers a little bit more exhausted from the clicking uh that was a terrible joke and that was my dad joke of the night and so anyway let's let's carry on with with you guys uh with uh don how was your your comic convention and uh, what was your part with it? Uh, I had we had a San Diego Comic Con in person would have been in the artist alley, and uh, so I was actually in the exhibitor alley that they had uh, virtually, and I didn't expect much of it. And surprisingly, I did really, really well. Um, I don't know how it happened, but I do know part of it's in thanks to a lot of fans that showed up uh, that support indie comics, as well as a little help from uh, SDC. See his unofficial uh, blog and from Hall H. So I'd like to throw thanks out to everybody who helped to be a part of that. Um, but yeah, it, I, you know, I, I much like a lot of people, uh, a lot of exhibitors felt like we, we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And for me mentally, I just set the bar low and then I was very surprised and very happy at the turnout. Uh, at least for my end, I know other creators uh, didn't, didn't have great returns on it. And uh, we're all looking forward to next year to see how that goes. But I'm super thankful for what happened. Um, and I don't know, did anybody else get to experience the uh, virtual exhibitors alley? Or did anybody try going through it? No, I was going to ask you what, what that was like. Like, how was that set up? That sounds very interesting to me, actually. Did you have to sit, uh, did you have to sit in front of your, your rolled up sign? A banner? The, you the can tell weekend? I convention artists because I have it up. Uh, no. So what they did was... Um, you know, any anybody who was going to be a part of uh, who's going to be an exhibitor had the option of listing for free five items mm. uh, to the virtual store, and then part of that is you could add links. So all I did was I put up items that would just link back to my general store, and then I had the BLF fundraiser, which I think is going to be over soon, um, as one of my fifth items, uh, just to try to help raise money for Black Lives Matter. Um, and yeah, it was kind of a weird setup because I don't know if you've ever opened the guide to look at the map for uh, Artist Alley or for exhibitors, but they use that same exact map in PDF form and it wasn't high res. Yeah. But basically, you go into the hall and just click on any of the little spaces and it would pull up the exhibitor and you can click on the exhibitor to pull up their items. And then alternately, you could also just search for them by name. 
Um, so I encourage some people to do that, but more than anything, I was just using Twitter to just tweet out my items and my store because that was just a more direct way of doing it. And then I would just use um, a screen grab of the storefront to show that I was legitimately at Comic-Con at home and I wasn't just some interloper that like randomly showed up. So <laughs> I, I felt official at being at Comic-Con. And if anybody out there is listening, you can find me at HH03. I would have had the honor of being sat next to Carl Allstetter and down a couple of seats from David Mack. Uh, nice. Who are both I love Carl. Carl is awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And, I, and I love David Mack so much. David <laughs> Mack is one of the nicest people in the industry and such an amazing artist. Yeah. Uh, so had we been there in person, I would have just been geeking out the entire time. So well, actually, I have, I have one quick question for you. What was it like to be able just to go to the bathroom whenever you wanted at Comic-Con? Oh. <laughs> yeah, whenever I wanted to, fantastic. Or like asking my neighbors, please watch my stuff while I go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a bonus. <laughs> All righty. Sandra, what was your Comic-Con at home like? And what was your, what did you take part in? I was on vacation in a cabin. <laughs> so this was, I, I kind of like, I kind of approached it like I'm taking my ball and going home um, initially, you know, and, yeah. but I did keep up on Twitter and I was getting like information from friends who were telling me, you know, about reveals and stuff like that. Um, I don't typically drop a whole lot of cash cause I'm just uh, like a frugal person, but um, so I didn't like get any exclusives or, go um kind of check out dawn or anyone else although i was eyeing david max stuff um you're right sure. there you're so right mine there was, mine was, <laughs> i know i know so i was just boring. like two tables away um so yeah for me it was super low-key um i really just kind of kept up with some of the things that people were tweeting out Absolutely. um i think as stcc unofficial blog is so helpful just yeah. for like basic information it's my bible um, kind of all around right right but uh, but I, it was super low-key for me because you know i was i i wanted to be there with the people yeah. and i was tempted to drive down to san diego but i'm like i'm just gonna go in a cabin and mope about, about it <laughs> so many people i knew went and i'm just like stay home that's why it's virtual stop it um i know i know like, like <laughs> a cabin I, 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 there, yeah. there was somebody I saw on, on Facebook that I don't know too well, but they went down with like 15 different people and they all hung out. And I think when they sh- shared their pictures, like one person had a mask on and it, I, they, luckily none of these people, none of us know, actually, yeah, I don't think any of us know them. Thank God. But I was, I was very upset. Uh, they're not really in the comic scene. They're more in like movie fans. And I was just like, Oh my God, no. And so, yeah, it was, yeah, really, it was really irritating. Um, <laughs> I did. I did see on the flip side. I saw the, the people I know who went down. They were distancing. They were yeah. wearing their masks. They were supporting businesses, and they were being very careful. And I think that's important. Like supporting all of these businesses outside of uh, the convention center who are relying on you know money that comes in every year, that's true. Um, and the artists as well. Um, so yeah, I think um, it was good that people went if they went safely. But for me, I'm like, I'm just going to hide out in a cabin. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Alrighty, Mr. Dunford. Dunford. How you doing, sir? Hi. I'm doing just fine. Um, I, I had a good comic non-weekend, as uh, I 
coined the term and kind of took on. But, you know, I enjoyed the uh, online convention uh, from very different perspectives. As you may know, I did do a panel. Yep. I did watch panels and I did pop into the convention center for some social distancing stuff because, you know, it's just a 10 minute drive for me. I do live here in San Diego. Yeah. So it's like I do want to, you know, go down there and just take take a Take a stroll because it was a beautiful weekend, perfect 75 degrees here. It would have been a perfect weekend for San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. And so with that, you know, we do virtual Comic-Con. So I, my panel lined up Thursday, 10 a.m. I was the first panel to debut online. And, you know, the thing about that is I look at this, it's actually ended up being a very successful panel because we started right at the front of it and we pushed about 8,000. I did uh, art during the Holocaust because taking my background as a World War II historian, also as a comic book historian, bringing in and giving a you know, lecture on Jack Kirby and his time uh, liberating a concentration camp, uh, creating this, uh, well, co-creating this uh, guy named Captain America with Joe Simon. And it it ended up being a very big hit um, with, uh, with the convention. And so as Comic-Con at Home started, I watched, uh, I watched my panel and I watched a couple of other ones. And the thing about that is, you know, there's a lot of panels coming out. So it's six panels coming out every single hour. It's yeah. kind of hard to keep up. Plus the whole thing there is, I realize like why, because it's not like Art during the Holocaust is a highly desirable panel. There are a lot of celebrity ones that have like 40,000 views, but ones that might have your not well you know, established comic convention guys might have just a couple of views and that's just sort of the thing. I noticed, I, I, I genuinely do attribute the success that our panel had with us being first because everyone is getting started on it. They're doing the thing, but if it's, it's like going with a lot of panels. You sit down for one, you get more one. It's like you get antsy and yeah. you, you get out there. And so with YouTube videos, the thing is because they were pre-recorded it loses the immediacy of them. So the thing is, you're going to want to binge panels if they're live. And if these panels are being aired live, then it's like a one and done thing. But I think people get the sense of like, well, if it is a YouTube thing, I can watch it later. And of course, I just have to like favorite, 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 favorite. I did this myself. And I think that's why the you know, Sunday ones may not have got the numbers that, you know, they could. But it's like, I look at my panel, I was like, beating Joe Quesada, I was beating Kevin Eastman. Yeah, you're, I was I'm looking at it right Kevin. now. You guys have 7.8 thousand. That's amazing. Well done. And it's, it's really crazy. And the whole thing there is like, um, there's these organizations like Variety that are putting on some uh, some articles like, oh, Comic-Con Online is a bust. And like... Um, yeah, I hate that me. article. Yeah, it's... you know, And the thing is, I read that article and I think it takes a very biased view of things. So, you know, the biggest, most well-run convention on Earth has their hands tied. Yeah. You know, what, I mean, what is the option? The other option here is to not do anything. Exactly. You can still do something. I mean, the whole fact is Comic-Con at home was never going to be San Diego Comic-Con, but it needed to be something to provide some kind of experience for people. And so you do the best you can with what you can. Yeah. So why not, you know, get the, you know, panel participants in. You know, you create an online dealer room, you sell the exclusives online, you create the experience at home, like for relatively anyone, not just a convention attendees. Yep. So you do what you can with with what you have. And I think they did a good job considering they only had about like, you know, two months to put the whole thing together because all the panels and programs that, that had to be done like, you know, a month in advance and submitted so they could edit the videos, do all this stuff. And 
it's nice. And so people are saying, oh, Comic-Con tweets and stuff are down like, you know, 90% from last year. Well, what are you going to do? You yeah. take a, a, a picture in front of your, like, your laptop of Comic-Con at home. It's like, that's, that's not really, like, you know, <laughs> Wait, I did that. I would say, wow, wait, 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 really just stick it to me, Matt. Sorry, sorry for tweeting my screen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but as you might know, I've been attending San Diego Comic Con every year for 26 years. And yeah. so it's just, you know, what I do. And so, um, like, you know, Thursday, I would watch, you know, like, you know, three panels in a row. Then I would take a lunch break. And then it's like, you know, it's a beautiful day downtown. I'm going to go walk around the convention center just to, like, you mm-hmm. know, appropriate distancing thing and i found myself just taking a walk around the convention center and each couple of days there would be you know a couple of cosplay friends down there you know taking some pictures with social distance uh, appropriate times for the kids and well, there was a comic-con shrine which i'm not <laughs> by the okay tenfish. The, that was weird right? by the tenfish yeah it was dead and comic-con is far from dead and a lot of news crews upon hearing that I was a convention organizer and a comic book historian, they all wanted to talk with me. So I would talk with them about the origin of Comic-Con, about what this means. Do you think the convention is dead? What do you think of Comic-Con online? Very much the stuff I'm talking about right now. It's a non-profit. And, they're going to get tax money. Like They're, they're going to get money, assistance from the government if something is like really wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing is like, um, like, you know, you definitely feel a different ambiance downtown. The streets have kind of been blocked off to add uh, extra additional room for restaurants down there. And yeah. some of the restaurant owners were telling me they were operating about only 5% of what they would normally be doing at San Diego Comic-Con. But it's like, you know, it's still guns the brakes. There's not really much you can do, you know, in a social distancing environment. You do what you can while you can. So it's not just yeah. Comic-Con as their hands tied. So, you know, like... So I did enjoy uh, my time there, but of course I also took some time to go to local comic book stores while yes. I was out and about. So, you know, downtown we have Now and Never Comics, which is there, and um, it was a really nice turnout uh, to see down there. Uh, the owner, Aaron, he was, uh, you know, it's just, he, he had a line out the door because he only could allow so many people in time because the thing that I was seeing at, uh, you know, I went to Now and Never on Friday, and then on Saturday, I popped up to uh, Southern California Comics uh, on Saturday. And do, do you, do you think the like, absence of Comic-Con actually kind of helped maybe a lot of local comic book shops, do you think? The thing is, it did, because people are spending their would-be Comic-Con money yep. in comic stores. And so these guys are saying, it's like, you know, we are seeing, like, numbers that are, like, almost triple of a normal weekend in the store which is you know great you know for these people and so it's nice that like people are still fulfilling their love of comics by spending it at the local shops still you know at the same time jamie at socal comics was like you know it's like it's great that we have this local store money i just wish i was making like you know the six figure sum that i would be making in two days at uh at, at, <laughs> at so absolutely but you know we you know had some good times there we you know went out next door to society brewing for a, you know, a beer afterwards and whatnot after shopping for comics at SoCal comics and just, you know, enjoy the weekend, watch a couple of panels on our phone and just, you know, uh, for me, the highlight of course is always the Eisner awards. I even dressed up, I even dressed up a lot. I wore some of the classic trinkets that was, that were given to me by the, uh, Great cartoonist Batman Lash, who made it dressing up at it. This was the uh, tie bar that I wore, one of the middle. And so you wear it with a uh, cognac leather strap. So brown leather matches brown leather, and metal matches metal. And you know, with appropriate pocket squares. And I watch Matt's the- fancy, you guys. Matt is fancy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. 
and it was just you know a nice experience some friends came over and cooked dinner and just we watched the eisners and just you know had a had a blast with it and oh, yeah. the whole thing was in summation comic-con at home was never going to you know provide the grandeur that is the experience of san diego comic-con and of course i've been going for 26 years so i know but i think they did as good as they could with the time you know because they could you know i think they handled it in a very professional way yep. getting in contact with me as a programming as a panelist how like they treated you know everything and you know just got all that done and i think it was a good weekend for what was going on with their hands tied absolutely i i at the beginning i didn't really mean for me to sound like i it wasn't i had a i, I loved it i loved what they did i agree with you this this was a last second thing and if you listen to our other two roundtable discussions talking about um, specific things about Comic-Con, I got talked about, this was needed. And I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate some of the stuff later on. But I do want to get to our fourth guest real quick. But I do agree with you, Matt, and I love everything that you said and a thousand percent agree. Our, and, of course, uh, Vito, what was your Comic-Con at home like? And uh, what was your and what, what, like, what did you do mostly during this time? Well, I, I'm fortunate enough that I, I actually have a day job, so I worked all week, so I wasn't able to catch anything live. I've been catching up on on some of the panels and stuff like that. Uh, I didn't get any exclusives. Um, uh, Matt, I've also been going, I've been going for 20 years since I moved to Los Angeles. So for me, it was really weird not going for the first time and not having that, that feeling, because every time I go to a Comic-Con, I run into everyone including the, you know, if I'd known Don beforehand or Matt before, I would have run into all of you there. It's like this amazing communal experience. Um, it's got me a little down because of that, because uh, Comic-Con for me, um, like when I go to a movie, I, I like it to be quiet. For me, it's a sacred experience. <laughs> and Comic-Con is a lot like that for me. That's like the Mecca for every geek. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a couple of years ago, uh, when I was doing a show there, I had this old friend of mine's, uh, girlfriend get a hold of me and she was like i heard that you can get you know tickets and because i had you know i put on shows there every year and stuff and so like uh i got her and her daughter these tickets and they flew out to comic-con and it was like this you know their minds were just blown and it's like it saddens me that we can't have that now mm -hmm. i'm hoping it's going to be back next year just because i i think we're all you know, realizing what this means to us and, and, and what's missing. Yeah. Um, so far, the only two things that I've seen, um, I was on my lunch break the other day. I caught the Bill and Ted panel, which, which was amazing. Yes. Uh, and then ironically enough, another Keanu one, which is the Constantine, uh, I think it was 20th or 15th, 15th anniversary. Oh, don't or tell something. me that movie at 20 years old. There's no, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, God, pretty, I feel so old. Crazy. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's like when you hear about things like Predators is 10 years old already, you're like, oh my God, I'm, yeah, it's time is just moving. But anyway, um, so for me, it was like a typical week. I was, I was just frustrated, <laughs> you know, dealing with customers and like wishing I were at Comic-Con doing a, a panel with, you know, several hundred people and feeling, you know, you get that feeling, even if it's just for a couple of days that, that you're a part of something bigger than you. So I'm really feeling that I'm missing it, but I'm trying not to, to let it get me down too much. Absolutely. Um, how, how many, yeah, how and many I, oops, sorry. What's that? I was saying, how many panels have you watched? You know, since oh, I, I literally have only seen two so far. I have not, I've, I've not had a chance to catch up on anything. I'm more than yeah. likely going to binge watch stuff this weekend while I'm washing clothes. So, I mean, there, there's tons of things I want to see. Um, I didn't catch any of the fan base, fan base press stuff, any of your mm -hmm. stuff. 
Yeah, I need to catch the unnecessary debates panel. <laughs> it's, I'm super behind, man. It's but all like, good. This weekend is going to be my my. It's all fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, you you could have probably gone into your story because mine was boring and no, uneventful. Other no, than but that, that's why that's why I have you here, right. and like that's why like you know seeing these things from different sides and stuff, and especially like mm-hmm. it's really funny. Be not funny. It, it's really you know it, it's interesting because we have two sides of the coin. Where with like Matt and you have been going for so many years, and this has been such a big deal for both of you guys. And for one, it's like where I feel like Comic Con at home did a lot for people who are not used to going to Comic Con. I've never been to Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Who can actually finally 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 have a taste of it and i think that is something what matt was talking about with that variety and other all these negative articles talking about like oh comic-con's a bust or or like there's this youtube video where this guy where this guy this 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 woman and this guy were just going and just essentially talking about all the trash panels and just making fun of all the panels it was really pathetic and really sad that's crap dude that's crap to me like come on yeah and wait what and i was gonna make fun of my panel see what happens to her i know right (laughs) it's well honestly but it's like oh cool make it make a make a make a holocaust joke i don't think that they didn't get to yours or mine i think they mostly did the friday and this and uh they did uh the thursday nights and then the friday panels that was it but they were just like going through all luckily they didn't get to saturday but like it was just shit, and but and that that YouTube video has over like two hundred thousand watches, and like people in the comment section are just are just like making fun of it. I and I guess that, that's going to go to my next question for all four of you guys, which was you know with it being virtual and for this to finally to allow people who have never been to Comic Con who've always wanted to go to or people who used to go all the time who have not been able to go to anymore because even then carry over and to also get into the um you know even though they have the um the returning ticket uh ticket thing um it's hard because they only limit it to 70,000 pe- uh they don't only 70,000 tickets for the um for the early access you know wh- how do you feel about this virtual thing for the people who've never experienced it compared to and you know yeah i guess that's that's just my question right there how do you feel about that? And, and yeah, I'll, I'll do it. The experience. I mean, it democratized the experience, I feel like. And I want to comment on something that Vita and Matt brought up, which uh, was that Variety or Verge article where they were talking about how uh, impressions were down for, you know, tweeting or whatever. But part of what's not factored into that was, like Vita would say, a lot of people you were at work. Yeah. You know? and, and, and Matt was saying, it's just like a lot of us were would normally be at work during our day jobs mm-hmm. and usually people block out that entire week as a vacation week and yep. plan on being physically at comic-con so if you take that away of course that's going to take viewership and tweeting and all that down and nobody yeah. wants to get at work you know being on their phone the entire time <laughs> you know i watched both of uh, keanu's panels so constantine i thought it was a fun panel um the uh, the Bill and Ted's uh, Face the Music thing was great. We watched uh, What They Do in the Shadows. That was a fun mm-hmm. one. Um, the Boys. Anytime that group is involved, I feel like there's going to be jokes abound. I watched yours, A Necessary oh, okay. Debate. A lot Thank of fun. You. So, you know, in, in a way, you miss the, the physicality, the tangibility, uh, that, that essence and spirit of it. But at the same point, I, I thought for what they did, they did a fantastic job 
Yeah. And then yeah. for creators, uh, being that this would have been my very first Comic-Con artist alley, that that's a tough blow. But at the same time, you know, it's a little bit about the elbow grease and the hustle too. So I had a plan of attack, which was like, if I just keep finding trending hashtags and just jump into the conversations, maybe I can start something. And with a little luck, like I did. Um, so, you know, that, that's a part of it because I do see artists complaining, you know, that they didn't get any business or anything from that. Yeah. That sucks that it's a wash. But the other part is if you're in artist alley, then thankfully, you know, artist alley, like, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that you can be proud to say even virtually. Like, I feel like it was official for me. Like yeah. I was in. That. That's great. I love that. That's awesome. Here's here's something that I would suggest for those of you who are are at home and have never been to Comic Con. If you're gonna if you're gonna binge this weekend, first of all, don't bathe right now. Uh, don't <laughs> bathe for about three days, not because you want to smell, but because you're gonna you're gonna get the aroma that that surrounds you at Comic Con with the extraordinary number of fans who don't bother to put on deodorant. So don't bathe for a couple of days. Oh, those ballroom twenty people. Then, that, that's what you yeah. mean. I'm just kidding. Take about you have to show your crack. Yeah, have to show your crack hanging out while you're sitting and watching the panels, and also hang about twenty pillows in your room from ropes and have them swinging, bumping you constantly, so that you can't (laughs) take a moment to breathe, and that's going to give you the feeling that you're on the floor (laughs) at the con, and the smell and the aroma. And then the other thing is, if you have a Hall H panel that you want to watch, um, don't allow yourself to get in. (laughs) <laughs> because uh, most people don't get into Hall H. Cover half so the screen, like print out like a black silhouette of a of a. Print out like a black. No, I'm saying print out print out like a black silhouette of of like of like somebody like maybe the um, what's it called the Mystery Science Theater guys and just and cover half of your screen with that silhouette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and then yeah, don't watch the Hall H and complain that everybody uh, stayed in there from from Twilight. And you'll get the Comic Con experience. So I think it. I think it's interesting because the whole. I remember that year. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, so as as Matt can probably attest, um, my my first Comic Con uh, was in, I believe. Wh- when did the first the Sam Raimi Spider Man came out? It was two thousand one, right? Or two thousand two. So my my first Comic Con was two thousand one. Wait, Matt. What? Say that one more time, Matt. Uh, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie came out in 2002. Sam Raimi was there with Tobey Maguire in 2001 at the Marvel booth. Okay, yes. That that was the year that I went for my first time. And I was able to walk up, buy a ticket at the desk, and walk into the convention. That was, that was the last time that ever happened. That's wild. Um, I, have to, I have to share a very fun memory from that just because you wanted us to have some memories yeah, absolutely. from Comic-Con. Um, I always wear a suit when I go to, when I go to the cons, and people always yes, stare at me like I'm a moron. But uh, see, I was think you look because, dignified. Yes, I, I figure you know you don't have to be dignified more oddly to be a fan, <laughs> even though I'm wearing a torn T-shirt and sweatpants right now. I'm like, but, who um, like the ZZ Top guy in here? <laughs> hey, man, I'm just here for the fun, man. No, but uh, so the the it was funny because I couldn't get into Hall H. I had a buddy who worked for Jerry Bruckheimer, and he walked up and he flashed his ID and he was like, "This man's a very important executive." with Jerry Bruckheimer and he needs to get into that panel. And they walked me into the front row. I was like three feet from Sam Raimi and those guys. That was my first Comic-Con experience. And it was all downhill from there. (laughs) I got walked in and sat down like in the, in the, you know, next to like several celebrities and watched this panel and was like, this is amazing. I'll come back for the rest of my life. 
And then uh, I never got into Hall H again in the in the ensuing oh, years. Oh man, never. I didn't. I, was never I, I, I personally didn't have that much trouble until 2012. I would say. Were we saying, Matt? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. It actually was a lot easier to get into Hall H uh, like at last year's convention because I actually cleaned up some stuff. I think it actually is attributed to some of the studios kind of pulling out of Comic Con yeah. because like, you know, Marvel just you know wrapped up with the big Avengers movie. They didn't have anything to show. Then it, it like. Like a lot of these studios are realizing that you don't have to pay to ship out your celebrities to San Diego for a week in order to clear a billion dollars because, yeah, they're already going to make a billion dollars, so it's not exactly the best investment. And for me, like, and they um, also had D23 as well on top of that, too. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, I mean, you can do a panel that you know shows some exclusive footage. That ends up leaked on YouTube two minutes mm-hmm. later. Exactly. Or the YouTube stu- being leaked. Or the studio will just put it out. Like I remember last year, they 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 put out the Harley Quinn stuff like instantly, um, mm-hmm. because uh, my friend tweet or my friend texted me was going, "Oh my god, we're seeing the Harley Quinn stuff right now," and then my friend texted me not even a couple seconds later, being like, "Did you see the Harley Quinn trailer is out, is out already?" and go. I go, oh, that's crazy. All right, okay. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Or or my other suggestion for people, you could do other stuff at Comic-Con and then just wait to watch the movie when it comes out. But Matt, that's crazy. How could anybody (laughs) do that? That's so (laughs) un-American. Yes, you can. If you can wait eight hours in the sun for a lot to, 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 to get into Hall H. Yeah. And trust me, there's like where with the hopes of making eye contact with a celebrity, but you are missing all that <laughs> other cool stuff. You could be doing all that cool stuff because I often tell people if you're waiting in a line at Comic Con, trust me, there's about a dozen other cooler things you could be doing at that moment. Well, well for now, especially for Saturday Hall H, people now have to camp out. Not joking on Thursday. It's yeah. yeah it's, if you're waiting I, in a line, you're wasting time. Just go out and do something yeah. that's fun. You should be having fun yeah. at I, moment of that show. I used to go yeah. to I used to do Hall H all day Saturday, not really for the stuff. Mostly because I had made friends from around the world, and we all camped out together and hung out together. But then with GGG, I needed to do more stuff, and also we got our own panel that was on Saturdays, and I was like, I would rather not be sunburned and not be sluggish and exhausted <laughs> and do a good job on my panel. And so yeah. I would, so I had to retract myself from it. But I would, go, I always go, I always go by and see them and say hi to them. But yeah, it, it it's hard because I I want Comic Con. The more I do Comic Con, but this would have been my twelfth year. I le- I learn something new every single time, and it's it's so weird. Uh, and Sandra, I'm gonna let you actually. Yeah, before I go, I was about to ask the next question, but Sandra has not gone yet. Sandra, I have it. I've been trying to. I know. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Just because I'm like super excited. So there, there are like so many different things brought up. I think the thing about Hall H, um, it's hard because it for many of us we have to kind of sacrifice that because like what Matt was saying, you could be doing a million other cool things. Um, but I still missed the vibe of Hall H. Just being in a a, a room with so many people just screaming and, and I, I loved it though. Cause you could just feel the energy or, I mean, I could like feel the energy in the room and it was just so uplifting. I got excited for world of Warcraft, which I don't really care about, but because everyone else is excited, I'm like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so just being in that space, um, you know, I was there 
when Robert Downey Jr. came down to um, Luther Vandross's Never Too Much. And that was like, my friend was freaking out. Um, and then I would be in the press pen, you know, that corner over there that they put the photogs and we'd just be, you know, me at 5'2", I'm trying to take a <laughs> picture, you know, wasn't really great, but, um, but I just loved being in the room and that I, I got to experience it from like a fan um, perspective. And then from a press perspective where we wouldn't always be in, in the hall, we would be in these press rooms and, you know, doing the press line, doing the round tables. And the vibe is so different because nobody's screaming. I mean, they are screaming over here, over here, but they're not screaming out of excitement. Um, and so you don't get that kind of energy. And I remember thinking like, oh, it just kind of stinks to not be with fans because I'm a fan first. And, you know, yes, I could take photos. So that's great. And yes, I can represent um, at that point, I was representing um, the Television Academy. So the people who did Emmys, I was representing them. And so, sure, I could do that. But um, but I missed being with the fans. And um, and so I, I did enjoy it. But like what Matt said, I like to go out and explore, do things at Petco Park and like have really good food, pet all the dogs. Um, now, the thing about it being virtual like, I actually really liked that it was virtual and, and like Vito, I mean, even though I was on technically on vacation, I was still working. And um, so I didn't get to like catch up, but I do want to catch up. I was catching a little thing, a few things here and there, like Bill and Ted, that was important to me. Um, but I think that in the same way that Hamilton, you know, we have the Hamilton film, some people are you know, going to turn their nose up to that and say, no, no, like you, it's different. You have to see it live. And it's like, that's great. But not everybody can do that for a bunch of different reasons, not only financially, but even like mobility wise, maybe they're not able to, to be in that space in a theater. So with the virtual option, it's so much more accessible and accessibility is huge, not only in like our language, but in um, the things that we're able to present to people. So I like that it's now going to be, and I hope that they'll continue making it more accessible. Um, and, and I hope that other cons will follow suit because you're still going to have the people like us who want to be there in physical form. But if people can click and buy like Don's art and they don't have to be there because they're in, I don't know, Wisconsin and they can't fly <laughs> out to San Diego. Yeah. Um, I just kind of went like, whatever's over there. Excuse me. Oh, yeah, you bring up a good point, Sandra, is is yeah. I'm wondering if next year, God willing, we're able to go there live and stuff like that. Yeah. If they are going to have these virtual options for people, like maybe the panels will be broadcast live for people, you know, in Iowa who can't fly out and get in there. Right. And you could also do that where you put the artist alley virtually and somebody who can't be there who's listening to this could buy Don's right. art. I mean, you could expand it in so many ways by combining both of those together. It would be like a crazy Marvel team up. You know what I mean? Oh, the yeah. Thing it'd, it'd be and Doctor Doom, what? But it would work. Yeah. You, know? you could do it. And and I really I hope that they, they will, because that to me, like, especially as an editor, I think of language and, um, you know, um, conscious language and making sure that we're using words that aren't alienating people um, and thinking of that now from an event perspective, having it virtual allows it to be so much more accessible. And so I really hope that it continues in that this dark timeline that we're in shifts us into a place where we're able to make things um, more accessible for others. Yeah, absolutely. And Comic-Con is still up, by the way, for anybody that's watching this, uh, 
I think they're going to have it up through the first or second week of August. So I, Artist Alley yeah. Exhibitor are still up. I really don't want them to take down the panels. I really want them to keep that up. I, I, Wait a minute. They're taking them down eventually? I think they should so. Keep them up. There have been some rumors, but the whole thing is nobody is taking down any panels except for Paramount. Uh, except for who? Yeah. The only person taking down panels is Paramount. Paramount flagged their own Star Trek panel for content. Uh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Hey, I mean, you know how how Paramount does their terrible business is up to Paramount, right? I'm, just I'm joking. <laughs> um, you know what that was? It was some 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 new lawyer, some intern. I'm my name in the business. We're gonna flag all of these jerks using all of our stuff, and it's like, you idiot, you canceled your own panel. I, 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 or or like some poor intern, they're just like favorite all of a favorite, and he just looked for an F and said flag on accident. He goes, oh shit. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Mr. Johnson, you're not gonna like what I'm about to tell you. I'm so sorry. Um, I don't know why we made him sound like that's terrible. No, um, but it, yeah. So in our other discussions, we talked about essentially why why Comic Con at home was so important and had a in the which was the one with the other podcasters. We were talking about why it was so important, and we did I, I, how I said or what I think is that I think that it absolutely should be an ongoing thing. But um, Albert, uh, who was on there, has actually every year always talks to the head of PR, or, or the, the guy who was always on stage in Hall H, being like, all right, everybody, remember, no photography and no sharing, you know, no sharing any of the content. You know, I, you know the guy in the suit? What's his name? Yeah, Dave. 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 Yeah, he yeah, always he talks with Dave every year. Dave's a good homie of mine. He's, he's a wonderful guy. He always does a panel at Comic Fest talking about it because he is the, I mean, a lot of the Comic Con people are very tight-lipped about things, but Dave, as their PR guy, he's the ambassador. So he gets to yeah. speak publicly at Comic Con. He's always, he was always a friendly, nice guy. No no one on earth better suited for that job than David Glanzer. He is amazing. I've met him several times and he was always a delight. But Albert and him always have this little, this little 10-minute interview. And he told Albert that they've been wanting to do this live always but the thing is that the internet is just so bad and there's no way around it and if there is it's going to be an insane amount of money especially with how many panels are going on so what we kind of ended up talking about what i think is that i think that comic-con should always be a thing and then comic-con at home should always be a thing with WonderCon as well especially since they don't do ApeCon anymore i think it would be all i i i actually think that comic-con at home has a place and that yeah, maybe this didn't pull the numbers that people want, but the thing is that this meant a lot to a lot of people. There's a lot of people in Texas who I grew up, who grew up with who's always wanted to go to Comic-Con to finally experience a panel, and they did. And they got to see my panel, and they're so happy to see to finally like my mom has access to see my panel for the first time ever. Tyler, you were so handsome on your virtual panel. Oh, if only she was that nice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, you know, but <laughs> I, I find it hard to believe, by the way, this is where the hack comic joke comes out. But like, I find it hard to believe that Richard M. Nixon was able to pick up a phone in the White House and call the moon and congratulate the astronauts in the 60s. And we can't get Comic-Con into people's homes. So you mean the soundstage two blocks away? No. Um... <laughs> Kubrick off stage. Go, yeah, thank you, Rick. And call the moon. Yeah, yeah. In this scene, you're gonna be calling the moon, okay? I know it's crazy, but you're gonna do it. And How many takes are we gonna have to do? <laughs> no, uh, take seven. All I'm doing is picking up the phone. 
<laughs> Just read but the cue cards. I, I will say this about the live panel versus pre-recorded panel. Yeah, I genuinely do think that if the panels were live, numbers would have been higher because yes. it's the immediacy of it. And so and mm-hmm. if they were only just like a one and done, I think they would have had higher numbers. However, the whole thing there is when you have that many panels going on, I mean, you have to think about things that could go wrong. Is there going to be a bandwidth issue? Is someone's Wi-Fi going to come out? It's like someone's microphone not going to work. Is someone not going to get this? There are problematic things that could go into things. So I think they made these tape play by doing them as pre-recorded YouTube videos. And that way they can also be used as archival content for things. Thank you. Yes. I actually asked them as well. Um, so I, I've explained in the other ones. I'm not going to talk about it again. And I and I asked them, I was like, you know, about the pre-recorded stuff. I was like, I'm just wondering, like, why are we doing this pre- pre-recorded exactly? I just want to know what, like, I go, I'm not upset. I just want to know what, what the, you know, what all the reasonings are. And the, the other thing was, is kind of what Matt was saying, was also just worrying that something would happen. You know, like somebody would say something, something happens in the background. Let's just say a family member didn't realize that somebody was live and they were just walking around in underwear, like, you know, things that happen. So there's like thousands of like crazy reasons. And also cursing, (laughs) cursing with Comic-Con do not go hand in hand. And so, and I think that's another big deal and very smart of them to do pre-recorded stuff for the first time, especially with the very little time that we had, everybody had. Um, the insanity of everything and the uncertainty of everything. I think pre-recorded was the absolutely smartest thing to do because you just don't know what will happen. Like you just don't. And um, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to add that a little bit to it, but um, and I think, you know, the last question, you know, of the night is what are you guys kind of looking for? towards for like maybe comic-con in the future like kind of like what i said like i would like to see comic-con at home be a regular thing that's my opinion what about you guys like what do you guys want to see and are excited for and just everything for for cci in the future uh don i'll start with you oh okay um i like the fact that we at our leisure can just go and just pick and choose what we want to see now yeah. you know we're up against the schedule and that takes away so much anxiety. Like you don't even know. I feel like for a lot of people, uh, so I thought that part of it was great. And I'd love to see, uh, I don't know, you know, part of it, again, like being an artist alley, it's really hard to be able to feature it. And like, if you guys go right now and check out the exhibitors map, it's really low res and it's kind of hard to see. So there's a way to up res it or to click into it where it brings up a better looking PDF. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a lot of things, but, you know, like Vito and Matt and Sandra all brought up, there's just so many logistics behind it. Um, I know we had gone to Star Wars Celebration at some point in time where they live stream panels. And that was like you couldn't even get onto the network and like watch any of those panels. And they were just constantly glitching. Yeah. So, you know, a, a lot of it is going to be a network load issue, too. Um, like how many people are going to be tapping in and like checking stuff out. Um, but I thought, you know, a lot of the stuff that they handled went well, uh, a lot of the exclusive stuff was up to individual retailers to handle on their own. And I was able to grab, uh, I got the yesterday's pin with the Spider-Man's pointing at each other. Cause I thought that was oh, hilarious. I wanted that one so bad. I couldn't figure out where, where or what. Um, so, you know, some of the stuff they handled, well, I missed out on Mr. T. Um, but you know, people, people who are in the know who are just looking for these things were able, yeah. like, to get some stuff and now you know all that stuff is also subject to scalpers jumping in and taking it so if there was maybe uh more of a lottery system where people could 
get into a queue to get a ticket uh, to, or a lottery to get a ticket to purchase that, that, that probably would have been nice in terms of handling it that way. Mm. But I, I really enjoyed the, the panel setup and I'm still enjoying the panel setup. Like Vito said, I can go and watch that now. It's going to be up for at least another couple weeks uh, that I know of, as is the artist alley. So everybody should just come on by and check everything out because I still think there's a lot of fun to be had. Yeah, that's awesome. How about you, Sandra? Um, I love that stuff is still up because once it's over, like on Sunday, it's like, how much money do I have left? You know, <laughs> and then you spend it and then that's it. That was me in New York Comic Con. Like I bought a really awesome shirt and, and had no food money for the rest of that day. Oh, no. But um, yeah, it was totally worth it. But um, I think the fact that like everything is still available and people can go like Vito and I, you know, we got to hustle. We got to make that bread. So we haven't watched anything. But, you know, we'll be able to watch watch after the fact. Um, I like that. So I hope that they'll continue to have it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully for those of us who need to be there in person, that we can be there and we can enjoy it. But maybe it will cut down in traffic. Maybe people will say, you know what, I would much rather stay home and watch it virtually. And so maybe we'll see the con be how it used to be, where we can get into panels um, you know, we can walk the floor and not feel like we're getting smacked by 20 pillows. You know, I'm five, two, yeah. and it really sucks walking that floor. Cause I can't see anything. <laughs> Everyone's so big and I'm tiny and I'm like, help me. You, I just want to get, do you think people are going to be afraid to go back to comic-con the next one that they have? I, I think so. Because if we have a vaccine, um, by like January, which, you know, my birthday will be lit then. But if we do, I think, I think that people will still be, um, you know, we'll still be scared. And, and there are people who, you know, maybe already struggle with like germophobia and OCD and going to something as huge as San Diego Comic-Con might be really daunting for them. So I imagine that people will be turned away even with like Disney man and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Everybody's going cons. drones to, to downtown <sighs> Disney. It's insane. Oh, to downtown Disney. I was thinking Florida. I'm like, Florida doesn't, doesn't count. We don't, I don't count Florida don't at all. It's like, what? It's Florida real. Like, I don't know because yeah. n- numbers apparently don't exist. Over- I'm just I'm not going to get political. Um, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. As you were saying, sorry. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I think that the numbers will probably shift and we'll see a decrease because mm. people will be scared or maybe there are still some. Um, I would think that people from other countries are going to be hesitant to come to California Ooh. based on how we've been tripping lately. Um, that makes sense. So there could there that. could be that, too. Yeah. Um, and so I think we'll see a decrease in numbers, but it might make it might make the con more. um accessible not only because of the virtual aspect but because those who want to be there physically will have more space to to be there and enjoy the con and not feel overwhelmed by the massive people and you know the the limited options of trying to get from one side of the convention center to the other or to a you know a hotel or something because there's just too many people and absolutely yeah 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 uh, thank you all right mr dunford <laughs> I, lo- I just love your last name but you know, you know that. I think every time I talk to you, I tell you. Yeah, it's actually it's uh, Gaelic for uh, crossing the darkness. So you have dawn, <laughs> which is morning, 
done, which is evening, which is when it gets dark and ford means to cross. So then ford is you know to cross the darkness. It's a really cool last name. Yes. But um so what do I think about the future of Comic Con? Um you know, the whole thing there is, you know, I, I do like the idea of Comic Con at home. And I don't think it's, you know, a replacement for Comic Con, but I do think it's a nice supplemental thing. I think I would be like happy, you know, this pop up at you know every couple of months where they have some online programs and put it online on their YouTube channel. So now they can, you know, just something to uh, entertain fans over the years. Have some professionals talk about, you know, history of comic books or showcase new projects or something like that. I think that does work. Now, in terms of the future of the convention, um, right now the whole thing is like, and I say this as a convention organizer, people are, I went down to, I went down to San Diego Convention Center. I ran to people to say, you know, so what's the work for comic, uh, for San Diego Comic Fest 2021? And, you know, I run an event that is 1% the scale of the San Diego Comic-Con that is organized by the original founders of San Diego Comic-Con. And the thing about it is I tell people straight up, I have not gave one thought into planning the event, which is usually like, you know, February or March. The thing is, I legitimately, as a, as an event organizer, cannot, you know, in good faith, start planning a convention with COVID numbers still rising, because as um, you know, as an event organizer, you have to think about the venue. Is it going to be open to the public? Um, if we have to bring in guests from air travel, is air travel going to be safe? Uh, yeah. Is you know, if we have an arrangement with uh, you know a hotel restaurant or something, is that hotel restaurant going to be viable for dining with you know indoor restrictions? There's a lot of factors that come into place with running a convention, and I am you know quite thankful that I you know, have been so successful running a small-scale convention that has, you know, pretty much been called America's Best Small Convention. And I still think that San Diego Comic-Con is America's Best Big Convention, and it's the most well-run convention on Earth. Because, you know, when you think about, you know, things that could possibly go wrong at a convention, and you think over the decades, there have been maybe like, you know, you would probably count the incidences on one hand for 200,000 people to come to a convention every single year and have a handful of incidences, that's about, you know, just about as good as you can get considering the thing. But, you know, you can't risk a possible outbreak at a convention. You know, we'll exhaust ourselves and, you know, we don't sleep and we don't eat well and stuff. Our immune systems are pretty much at a low when when going to conventions all the time. So hence our, you know, outbreaks of Concrud, which are still, you know, pretty iffy. And I think Comic-Con is still making the safe play by delaying the event until next year it's like trust me it'll be back it'll be back you know, the whole world is still doing things their own way but like i say this as an ecosystem you have to bring things into balance you can't lean too hard on panels or on an artist alley or on uh or a dealer call these things have to be done in unison to uh, yeah. bring things in. so it's like and comic-con san diego comic-con like you know, I'm always going to defend this event and be supportive of it. And so, yep. like, I don't like when people talk trash about it because it's they're a great event, and I think they're the most well-run event in the world that have been doing this for 50 years. So they know, like, they've got it down to a science. Yeah. And I use, I always seek them out as inspiration to a better convention organizer myself. Thinking of, like, you know, what did I do wrong this year? How can I improve upon it? And so that's just, you know, the the passion project I see there. Absolutely, I I love that, and like. Uh, I, Almost every single podcast of mine, I talk about how CCI is just the best team. I love, I love emailing like like just Adam in programming is just like the best contact I've ever had. Unlike anything, 
The guy's amazing. Like, all of them are amazing. But he's just all like, I'll send an email and I'll get a response like they, like three minutes later. I'm just like, what are you doing? You work at Comic Con. Shouldn't I be like buried? And you'd be like, oh, sorry, I lost your email. Like 48 hours. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. But like, he's just so good. It's not fair. He makes me look bad whenever I don't email people back. <laughs> I have an email from April, so I'm super jealous. Like, I have my emails go back to April. It's so oh, sad. Okay. Oh no. Oh. I'm trying. I can't. I'm. I'm forgetting everybody else's name. But I usually just talk to Adam because he's just always chill. And um. But yeah. They, and uh, Matt, I do want to ask though, especially like with you and San Diego Comic Fest as well. Uh, before I get to Vito, um, you know, with the Comic Con at home and the virtual use of YouTube and virtual panels, do you do you think that uh, like use like, utilizing YouTube is probably the better um was was the best resort or do you think maybe even utilizing all social media would have been a little bit better for comic-con this year because they could have posted to instagram and facebook as well um i, I still think it's like you know could have been could have leaned a little heavier on social media. but it's like i'm not saying this is thing i mean there's the whole thing about it is like you know it's not like comic-con is going to go out of the way to promote every one single panels right there Absolutely. it's like your thing is you know they're they're kind enough to let you come in and do a panel and you know, at at that at that point, you got to you know showcase it yourself. It's that mm. the whole thing is because yeah. you know, like not done at the discretion of San Diego Comic Con. Even like you know, like you know, you email Adam and you say, hey, can we do this program? He says, yeah, sure is. And it's not like he's. I mean, because I mean, if they were to do it, I mean, they've been promoting like what five hundred pieces of programming over the whole weekend. It's it's crazy. I mean, not yeah. even that. Probably like fifteen hundred. It's like it's just not you know, you know it's just not a legitimately possible thing. So Comic-Con at home does their thing. And I think they did well with what they do. They just had to set it up and now everyone else, you know, just got to knock it out. But I think the setup is still really good for them. Absolutely. Thank you. I, I just, I just wanted to get your, your input. Thank you. And uh, Mr. Vito, what would you like to see in the future of Comic-Con? What are you excited for? Um, I, I actually really do like the idea that, that we all kind of came upon by accident of, of making Comic-Con at home while you still have Comic-Con. I think that's a really amazing idea. I know the logistics would be crazy, but uh, just the idea that there is, I mean, I know so many people back in the Midwest who have never been to a con who would love to be able to, to have this kind of experience. Yeah, I think uh, if there's any kind of way that they could, you know, even if they record the panels and put them up later, just to be able to to expand that. I think it's amazing that somebody like Don could be in the artist's alley meeting with fans, selling and doing commissions there, but also having people online buying his stuff up yeah. to and after the show and having that be – because that, that that's a win-win for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, shit, man, I'm going to have to take up art again. <laughs> but uh but i i i just i look forward to uh getting back to the i'm, I'm a social animal i Absolutely. love seeing people in person it's weird because like i i've i've been getting very um used to being like in in, in isolation you know and i was contemplating i was like do i really want to do this panel do i feel up to like doing it but but you know as they say it's better to have loved and lost than to never loved at all it's better to see you all here and see your faces than not to see them today and it's been really <laughs> cool but I, I i look forward to seeing all of you in person uh i i've only met Tyler in person. So the 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 rest of the people on this panel, I wanna I wanna hug you and shake your <laughs> hands and see you. So I really I really look forward to that. That is what I want. I want I want a sense of normalcy, whatever that is from this point on, yeah. to come back and I want to be able to see my friends in San Diego. <laughs> 
and get that experience again. You know, it's the Mecca. So we got to yeah. like make it work. Oh, yeah. I, I think once. Well, we- so, you know, What's oh, I was just going to say, you know how, you know how we would see, I'm sure you've seen people at, at the con where they have the signs that say free hugs yeah. and it just be like, um, okay, whatever. Now I'm going to be like all about it. Dude, just hug me and let me hug you. He's like, <laughs> why are you two, so two signs, the shirt and everything. You're just like, somebody hugs me. Yes. First contact. <laughs> yes. All the hugs. <laughs> oh, oh, there Do I? That's it. But with body barriers, just body shield up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. Part of me is just like, I'm going to be afraid of being anywhere near people, but then also I really need a hug. So it's kind of like, dang it. <laughs> and air hugs are not yeah. hugs. Um, absolutely. Thank you all four of you guys for being on. Once again, this has been so much fun. I hope you guys had fun as well. And uh, uh, let's. it's time for some plugs. Don, give us all the plugs. Uh, I just wanted to mention before we all go, I wish that there was more, because a lot of people brought up the Q&A thing with all the virtual panels. Oh, yeah. And I wish they had you know done some like live tweeting uh, or like given a few of the bigger panels, if you will, that option. So I'd like to see that in the future. Um, but in yeah. terms of plugging, I'm easy to find. My last name is the most common Vietnamese last name in the world. It's Win N-G-U-Y-E-N. Uh, you can find me at winning it, which is N G U Y E N I N G I T. If you're watching this it's right there. And uh, my comic is Pablo the Gorilla. You can search for Pablo the Gorilla as well. Find me on almost every social media channel, I think, uh, available at that. And then I have some uh, projects coming out this year that I'm really excited about. So please keep an eye out. Heck yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll, he- we'll be hearing you soon on Indie Comics. All right. Yes. And uh, Miss Sandra Demas from San Demas. Yeah, so I'm with the Story Geeks. So you can find the Story Geeks on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can find me for a bunch of just shenanigans and nonsense, editor rants and dance rants. Um, I'm at sand underscore rad on uh, uh, Twitter and sand underscore rad one on Instagram. Now, most active on Instagram. Absolutely. Thank you. And Mr. Dunford. Well, you can always find me on Facebook. I'm back then now, uh, just at Matt Dunford. You can also find me uh, on Twitter at Matt Dunford, uh, Instagram at Matt Dunford. Uh, new projects that I'm working on, you can uh, check out uh, creatorsassemble.org. So we just had a, a new Creators Assemble benefit book that came out, and uh, which Don Nguyen here was a part of. It, uh, it can, it's a 50-page book that you can, uh, e-book that you can uh, download. And of course, we're even uh, talking about some uh, publishing opportunities for it. So uh, fingers crossed right there. But it was a wonderful collaborative work. And I'm happy that that, uh, was, uh, that, that came out so well. It felt nice to get back into you know, editing comics again. That actually has been uh, a while because you know, I had done my whole thing as an event organizer for comic conventions. But now I can't really organize events right now. But you know, you can just you know hang out with me, talk comics with me, talk cartoons, Pokemon, Animal Crossing, King of the Hill, World War II history. Simpsons uh, memes. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you can tell, I'm a guy who can pretty much just talk about anything in immense detail, and that's just you know how I roll. Matt's the smarter version of me, essentially. I have a lot to say, but nothing really astute or anything. And then Matt is awesome. We should revive that Beat the Geek show and have you be one of the uh, the experts on it. Do you guys remember that show? Or yes. am I the only yeah, one? That was pretty lame. Yeah, we should do Beat the Geeks again. <laughs> but do it good this time. All those questions are yeah. so easy and, and drove me crazy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, Who is the son on The Simpsons? You're just like, oh, come on, really? Yeah. Who's writing this crap? 
Yeah. Bort. For $50,000. No. Um, anyways, <laughs> Vito, plugs. Uh, so I am uh, a a godfather of podcasting. As uh, Tyler said, I, I started podcasting in 2008. Uh, my current show is So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate fast and furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time, and we watch the Fast and the Furious movies a quarter hour at a time, and then break those down into agonizing detail. Uh, we've had Rob Cohen, who directed the first movie on. Uh, John Singleton, may he rest in peace, was booked and died. Oh. How's that for getting out of an appearance? Um, but uh, <laughs> we... Uh, and me. We, we, uh, <laughs> sorry. May he rest in peace. We love Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh but uh, the show is kind of done tongue in cheek, although we are movie fans and we, we legitimately watch these films and break them down for their cultural value, for the stupidity that we see in them, for the acting. We break them down in crazy detail and it's just a lot of fun. I do that with Anthony Ray Bench of Film Threat and Zach Pacetta, who uh, is a YouTuber. And uh, we're going to probably start doing some other stuff. We, we stopped during COVID because we have really good chemistry sitting Live. together at a yeah. table but not so much on camera. So we've put that on hold for a while, but we are probably going to start doing commentaries and stuff and, and things like that and, and kind of picking it up on YouTube. So you can find me. Uh, my name is hard to spell. I'll spell it out for you. It's V-I-T-O-L-A-P-I-C-C-O-L-A. If you type that in anywhere, I'm the only Vito Lapicola in the world. You will find <laughs> in my social media. I, uh, I very rarely engage. I, I'm a social animal, but on social media, I'm really quiet, but uh, I will answer you if you write to me and I'll friend you and so forth. So <laughs> send me a find fax. me and say hello. What's that? <laughs> send me a fax. I'm just kidding. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, my beeper's going off. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as always, all the links and all the information can be found in our article. All, everything from for you guys. And uh, once again, thank you so much for being on you guys. And I hopefully I get to see you guys again soon. And talk to you yes. guys again soon. Love having you guys on. Thank you for being back. Thanks for, thanks for listening in. You can check out all of our shows and offerings on thegrandgeekgathering.com. We have all of our podcasts available on all podcast apps. You can follow us on all social media. Please follow and um, Don, Sandra, Matt, and Vito, four amazing creators. And uh, please go ahead and also watch all the... Uh, please watch Matt's phenomenal panel. It was so good, Matt. I only watched four panels, and yours is one of them, and it's, it's just so good. Um, oh. And so, uh, yeah, d definitely watch The Art of the Holocaust, uh, that, that, and then uh, my panel as well as Unnecessary Debates. Please wear a mask, have a great week, and GGG. Grand Geek Gathering.